Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the soothing sounds of Call It What You Want. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davis and Jesse Marsh, and this is the reaction of the game between the U.S. Men's National Team and Slovenia, the first game of 2024 for a very big year for our program because we have the Nations League semifinals and we have Copa America, we have the Olympics, and uh, we lost 1-0. So that's not great in the winning department, but obviously we learned some things either from the coaching staff or the players. And we're just going to get into it. So again, it was a 1-0 win for Slovenia. They got that off of a mistake by Bernard Camungo, who they, nice counterattack from them, good finish. And uh, that was pretty much it for them in terms of the run of play activity. But we couldn't find the back of the net going the other way. A uh, whole bunch of changes. I thought the subs that came on, boys, uh, pretty good. Uh, and and I don't know. Where, I don't know where you guys want to start. Do you want to start with the back line and just work our way up, or, or uh, Chuck, Chuck? You know we've we've done this a few times. Where do you, what do you, where, how do we want to frame this up? What, yeah, what? I think I, I think it's always good to work from back to front. Okay, back to front. Here we go. Patrick yeah. Schulte. What what are we saying? He could have maybe done a little bit better on the goal. I yeah, thought he could have maybe attacked it on once that once the player uh, Gratishar took that big touch before he did a little dink. Maybe he could have anticipated that. I don't know. Maybe that's being a bit harsh. I don't. Jesse, any thoughts on on Patrick Schulte? Yeah, I thought even um, the like, listen, I, I like when goalkeepers play like the last defender, you know, and take aggressive positions. So I think even on the through ball, if he's in an aggressive position that he could probably cut that out before uh, before the attacker who scores even gets his first touch. So and then once he once once now he he backs up and he's on his heels and the attacker can run at him. Now he's really taken away any, any aggressiveness that he can create in the moment. And now he has to just try to find a way to make a save. But, you know, at that point it's a good goal and, and, and a good counterattack. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought 
that potentially he could have been more aggressive even on the first play. Okay, Patrick Schulte, are you listening? Jesse Marsh wants you to be Manuel Neuer moving forward. That's your only chance. And actually, goalkeeper, goalkeeper is feeling kind of wide open. Matt Turner, again, not having the greatest of games with Nottingham Forest this weekend. We're going to have our own special podcast or the regular podcast uh, coming up for you guys. This is a special one with regard to reaction to this particular game. All right, let's move to the defensive line then, Chuck. I I just want to say, even before we even move uh, to the defensive line, just on Schulte. So the idea now for keepers in this era is really to play out of the back with your feet and also not to play erratic and panic. And I get it because this is his first call up. So, so you always want to tend to play safe, but I felt there were many times where he could have calmly passed out of a situation and he, he tended to lump it forward or, or play like the, you know, the panic pass with his feet. And so that's one area that's going to have to really sharpen as he continues to develop is, you know what, let me just play to our defender's feet. If, if, if that's the message, the philosophy of, of the goalkeeper now in the U.S. men's national team and, and a lot of clubs across the world, just play to the feet. Don't panic. And, and I think at this moment, you know, he is in the, the mode of just, I just got to survive. I just got to play safe. I can't make mistakes. And, and, it showed a little bit because there were those shaky moments throughout the, the 90 minutes. Yeah, but Slovenia, Slovenia barely pressed him, you know. That's wasn't true. That's really and bad. that's my point. Yeah. And he still yeah. wasn't willing to play, you know, the balls in between, you know, some of the, the, the limited pressure that they, they did make. Sometimes you have to survive before you can thrive. We'll see if he gets another chance. <laughs> Moving forward. All right, take a look at the back line. You had Shaq Moore starting on the right. I will just raise my hand and say I was pretty surprised that Shaq Moore was even called into this camp. Uh, I thought we'd maybe moved on past him, but here he is. Gets the start, gets some experience, mixed in with some of these younger and inexperienced players. Miles Robinson, captain, wearing the captain's armband. As a, and then Sawatsky, that was a surprise starter. Columbus Crew player Not starting that. next to Robinson. In that position, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Usually he's about holding – he's in the midfield now. Yeah, he's a, he's a midfielder. Yeah. And, yeah, and right. my first question to you, I, I wrote it down in the game because I think this has a lot to do with the first goal. And there was another play, a little mix-up um, in, yeah, the 30th minute. Yeah, I remember. But uh, what's it like for, for a center back, and Jesse, you can answer this too, as, as a center midfielder, where you're tasked to play alongside someone who's not in that position normally. So their tendencies aren't the same. So – you know, for instance, Miles Robinson is looking, and Zawatsky is used to playing as a midfielder. So I think just, one, you're playing with someone new, and now that person's playing out of position. So for Jimmy, how, how did you react in those situations throughout your career? Well, I would say that when that happens, you have to take into account that a player that usually plays in midfield tends to make their decisions with knowing they're going to have help behind them, right? They can take a different type of risk when you're in midfield because if you get beat, at least you're not the last line of defense. So that just would be something I would be saying ahead of time. Hey, be thoughtful about when you step into midfield to try to make a play, to to trail anybody because you could leave a gap that I may or may not be able to cover based on the position of the number nine. So it's having those types of talks prior to the game even kicking off or hopefully getting some reps in training so you can really figure out uh, the cadence uh, of when, or just understanding their habits and, and decision making without the ball, based on where the ball is being played at that particular moment. So it's a lot of communication, and I don't know if Miles is necessarily known for for that communication part of it. That's that's some of these intangibles. If I was going to evaluate Miles in this game, just to pivot to him really quick, 
I was looking at him from a leadership perspective. He was good and solid for, for his role. But when you wear the captain's armband, if you're going to be the leader of the team, you also have to raise the profile of everybody around you. And so that's harder to evaluate because it's harder to see. We're not there. We're not, you know, we're not on the field, obviously, and, and hadn't seen the lead up into that. So, so it's going to be harder to, to see that. But uh, Zawatsky had some moments, but he also had some moments where he looked like a midfielder. And I, I don't know if I, I guess I want to monitor him more like, hey, good, good first uh, game with us. But let's send you back to the crew. Have a good season there. You know, you're on our radar as someone to look at moving forward. But I don't know if he completely took it with, with both hands. As Jesse, what about you in terms of if you were asked to play center back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the goal, on the goal. He should realize whether you're a you know midfielder or a, or a defender at that point, you're too far away to put pressure on the ball and the biggest threat is behind you. So he needs to drop immediately and he hesitates a little bit and doesn't really cover the ground backwards. And if you look, Miles Robinson actually is starting to sprint backwards and actually that little disconnect keeps keeps the player on side, I, I think, and then allows him to get behind Zawadzki. I agree with you totally, Jimmy. I was watching Robinson. Not ju- Of course, we can't hear things from the TV angle and everything else, but just from body language and pointing on the pitch mm-hmm. or or the presence that you show, I think Miles himself played a fine game, but we said this a few weeks ago. His now future with the national team depends on him him as a center back and the ability he can have as a leader, as a communicator, as someone who understands the system, as someone who understands the level, as somebody who can make the team better in every way, not just by his own individual play. And on the day, Miles gets high marks for his individual performance and incredibly low marks for making the team better. So yeah, that's what that that's, I felt in general that of course the team is going to be dis jointed but like the the real energy and connection and idea of how to play and take over the game was totally missing totally missing and maybe you see a little bit of that in the last 15 minutes yeah yeah i agree with you i think there was a little bit of urgency throughout the whole team but that can start with your leaders making those types of plays whether it's verbal or nonverbal, uh and demonstrating that it's time to go and, and pick it up another level let's talk about the outside backs charlie because mm-hmm. You and I are both big Dewan Jones fans. Yeah. And I thought him and Shaq Moore found themselves in good attacking positions today, but lacked that final pass. Yeah. And for me, and for me, when I when I'm evaluating these two in particular who do have experience already, the way they're ever going to break in to the senior team to get in and really get some valuable minutes or to be considered a backup to Dest and Anthony Robinson, you got to give us that final pass. That, that's what Anthony and, and Serginio are very good at, is giving us that final pass, whipping in a dangerous ball. And uh and it just felt like those attempts either were overhit or they weren't hit hard enough, even though the eagerness was there. I, there's no doubt about their desire to want to get forward, and they picked their, some good spots to make it happen. But but for us to really be clinical and for them to really prove their value, they got to have that final pass. I couldn't agree with you more, Jimmy. Uh, I was I was pleased to see Dewan Jones with his impact in the game in terms of his position positioning, his yeah. defensive pressure. He, he was involved. There was also times where the team did a good job of breaking down pressure, connecting passes, and then springing the outside backs in the space. But the outside backs let themselves down with their their end product, with the crosses. It, they were too short. They were not directed at a player. They were too too long, um, you know, under hit or over hit. So I think from that standpoint, I, I, it was pretty disappointing given 
that they put themselves in that position, which in, in a lot of cases is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the, the final third and you have all this space, which they, they found themselves with so much space, then it's just pick pick your target and, and put mm-hmm. the ball either float it in the air, drive it in the air, or along along the pitch. And, and it, not only did, were the balls not hit properly, I think – they were um it was the wrong typically the wrong decision on on where to put it yeah i would also throw john tolkien in there too cuz even though he might not have had that final pass he had two very good chances that he could have done a little bit better with in fairness there's about 15 guys in front of him and they're all sliding across to either block a shot or whatever but i i value john tolkien's ability to at least get both of those shots on frame and he missed the frame on both of them so that's a bit disappointing now, now, Jesse, I know you want to chime in there, but I want to talk about the midfield as our resident midfielder and coach. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about the starters first. You got Josh Atencio, Aiden Morris, and Tim, T- Tim Tillman. How did you feel they performed throughout the game? Yeah, for me, in this particular topic, I have problems with the tactical arrangement. You know, even Bees at halftime is saying that the players need to go out and find the game. And, and and now show their quality. But this require this requires also the connection on the pitch to work in a way where you feel like you're connected. You can play combinations. You can win balls back. You can press together. You can now, when you win second balls, you can be looking to run in the attack. You can get guys in the box. And in general, what it looked like for the three mid central midfielders was Atencio coming out wide to be part of the buildup and then Tillman on the other side being out wide for part of the buildup and then more being in the back line. And so sometimes it looked like we were building up with like eight guys out of the back, no one in the center of the pitch, right? No, And then the, the, the attacking players up the field. And so when you say go and find the game, how the hell is a midfielder supposed to find the game when they're all spread out and then even when I hear that the, the, the message is more diagonal balls, well, yeah, th- those are the only balls available because there's <laughs> nothing in the interior of the midfield for anywhere to play. So, you know, on one level, I don't think any of them did so well for themselves. Tillman, okay, found the game a little bit in certain moments and was able to put some plays together. Hardly, I don't know if any of the three won any balls in the midfield that let us out onto the transition, mm-hmm. but for sure they were so preoccupied with their position, tactical positioning and being around buildup phase that they were never able to be part of any combination in the midfield to create advantages and then start to find ways to actually be part of the attack and provide the attacking players with balls that, that would lead them into dangerous places. It, it, it meant that the only way that Diego Luna was going to find the game was if he come back, created a combination by himself and then was running through the midfield. Otherwise there was no connection with how to do anything. So, you know, is that their fault? Is that the tactical plan? It's a little bit of both, I guess, but it's also, again, if we want to go back to the last 15 minutes, you had more guys on the pitch like McGlynn, um, like Barak Tarevich, who were like, forget the tactics, give me the ball. I'm going to go find the game and I'm going to insert myself. Right. And so, so, listen, so they, do you feel like there's a balance there, Jesse though? Where, cause I mean, if you have a system of play, then in theory, there should be your, your supporting options should be in certain spaces based on the system of play. And when you add these creative players, I still want them to be creative. I don't want to handcuff anybody that's got that sauce, especially Diego Luna. I, I love that guy, but, yeah. but, but in terms of that supporting options, because if, if he's looking for something, he still needs to know where everybody's looking to be yeah, of in certain areas. So I guess there's that, that balance. Of course, I wonder, can you teach that in eight days? I guess is my, 
you're bringing this group together. And, and so I wanted to ask you that. So I have experience. I have experience with these. I have experience with these camps, right? Whether it's the 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds. I've experienced with the full national team with, in, in, in these camps. And the key is, what, how do you emphasize what you want to achieve in the game, right? When I watch this game, the clear emphasis is build-up play, position play, passing the ball around. But this is, this is what Greg Berhalter is, and this is what he wants, for me, it doesn't really access the qualities of the players that we have. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and, and now the players are some of them in for the first time, their first cap. They don't want to make mistakes. They want to make the coach happy, but it doesn't represent a team that I think goes out there to, to play the match, to go after the game, to try to now win the game. It, it represents a team that is so focused on where their positioning is every time the ball moves that they're almost not free to go into the game. And so, you know, and, and listen, when I watch on the other side, I see a Slovenia team who, by the way, only maybe even had less time to train, but it, it brings up a word for me in German called Selbstverständlichkeit. All right. And what this, it's a long word, but what it means is basically the clarity and comfortableness of one's identity. Right. And when I watch Slovenia play, it looks like a team that's organized, that's clear, that understands their roles, that's able to execute on the day. Like it wasn't a team that was all over the pitch and all over the place. They were almost always connected. Now, did they have the quality on the day to make the game look really easily, easy and simple and create a, a bunch of chances? No, but they were almost never broken down. They never looked at stress. And they were they probably created moments that were more dangerous because of they were clear with exactly what they wanted to do on the day. And so, I, I mean, guys, listen, the, for me, I still, when I watch a game like this, I think that we're trying to be Spain 2010, right? And mm -hmm. we just don't have the players to do that. And we don't have the time with these small groups to execute what you want that to become. So, you know, I mean, again, I, I feel... Of course, the players don't perform that great on the day. We can all say that. The overall performances were not good enough. But it's hard for them to insert themselves in the game when they're only thinking about where their position and where their spot is supposed to be on the pitch and not thinking about how as a group they're going to go after the game. Man, Jesse, you cooking. Jesse cooking. <laughs> we, we just put yeah. I mean, Charlie, tell me, do you see it, you see it differently, Charlie? Tell me, do you see it differently? No, 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 but you're cooking. No, what 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 I will say is um, it, it felt like a, the midfield, uh, of course, it was underwhelming, but there were there were a lot of the same types of players in the midfield. Atencio and, and Morris, they both didn't have good days. That that's Tillman was the better of the trio, but that's not saying much given how much time they had on the ball in the midfield. Because this was, like you said, a a Slovenian team that that knew what their identity was. They knew their goals. We're gonna, we're not gonna we're gonna concede possession. We're not gonna chase around there. We don't have the athletes to do that. But we're going to consolidate the midfield, play tight, and then be direct. And that's exactly what they were. And it was effective. Were they as individuals better than the players that we had? Hell no. You could see that. They didn't have the individual quality that you'd say, oh my God, this is a, a really good promising young team. But as a team, they played really well because they knew how to get a result. It, it, it was as if you're watching a club team that's a, in, a little bit inferior, but they were doing all the right things as a team to get the win. You could tell that they wanted to win the game. 
and and they did exactly that. And I just felt it wasn't dynamic enough. And it was clear to me when the substitutions came in, I would have liked to see Diego Luna, given his skill set, he got a lot of touches, play him as a 10. Why do we play three midfielders that are are, are, about like basically in a flat line almost? Yeah. You know, and. Well, and, and let me, but let me ask you. So, so, so let's say you're Aiden Morris. Okay. And now you drop into the, into the back line. Right. And now you catch a ball and now you want to play forward. <laughs> okay. And you want to find something, but then you look and Atencio's on the other side of the pitch, also in the back line. Tillman's like maybe the one guy in the midfield, Brian White's up high. And so, you know, if you play the ball in the midfield where there aren't really that many options and it's tight, right, that you're probably going to give the ball away or at least you're not going to give a lot of options to to the player that receives the ball. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do? You either play back to the center back, you play now to the fullback, who it's easy for the fullback from the opposing team to pressure, Mm -hmm. or you try to chip a ball in behind. All of these options are like individual actions and not a collective understanding of, okay, we're going to play here, then we're going to move the ball here, then we're going to find this, and then we're going to have dynamic movement. And then we're going to look to play behind because we have more options. We've created overloads. It's just a team that's spread out with no concept of how to fit together. That's yeah. Ka- that's Kamungo, for instance, what I the was entire expecting game to see like. his pace. He's known for his pace. In this game, you you wouldn't know if he was even average speed because of, of the lack of trying to get him behind. And and you know, Aiden Morris, given how well he did with them in MLS and with Columbus Crew, he had a, a really poor game in terms of his decision making. How quick he was with the ball. I mean, even in the well, he was checking for the ball and uh, Schulte plays it to him and he doesn't even realize that he's getting pressed from behind because Slovenia all of a sudden switched it up and almost coughed, coughed up a goal there. And it, it just, the clumsy foul at the top of the box, it should have been a penalty. If you're calling a foul, it should have been a penalty. It was in the box. But those things at the highest level, you can't make those mistakes. And and you could tell that how raw these players were. That's how, why this game's important, Chuck. Yeah. So that we yeah. can kind of find out who's ready and who's not, or, or they're sending a message that they deserve another look. I think that's why it's important. All right. We're going to take our first break of call it what you want. So we can take a deep breath. When we come back, we'll talk about the forward line. We'll talk about our subs and uh, our players of the game. So do not go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back to Call What You Want. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Jesse Marsh and Charlie Davies, and we're getting after it. It's getting a little uh, spicy here with regard to our reaction to the U.S. men's national team's 1-0 loss to Slovenia. I do want to say, we're going to talk about the forward line here. 
Now, Chuck, before the break, you had mentioned that you want to see Bernard Camungo get in behind. That's what we, yes. for me, Slovenia came out and we're immediately sitting in a low block. Not super low, but more mid-block-ish, low block-ish in the middle of that maybe. And then when they score the first goal, they have zero reason to get out of that mid-block, low block. And so I don't feel like there's as much space in behind. Now, I thought we did a pretty good job. And, and to necessarily counter your point, uh, Jesse, I would say that when those players went wide, Atencio went wide and Tillman went wide or, or Morris or whoever it was, it felt like there was a, an ask or, or a need maybe that they recognized themselves. But it looked like Diego Luna then were dropping in from their – well, almost went inverted winger into more central midfield and Camungo did the same. And then it – I don't know. Maybe it was trying to go inside out. It didn't work as well as I think they might be wanted or as it looked on paper. But I do think that there was some opponent difficulties that we were struggling to get through. And then eventually, Diego Luna, there was a nice sequence. We got in, in back and through. Dewan Jones gets, gets forward. We have a, he overhits the cross, and unfortunately, that, that goes wide. But there were other, or goes over, overhit. But there's these other, these other sequences that weren't too bad. And I wonder if when we had our subs come on, and and we maybe score one or two of those chances if you guys are looking at this with less of a critical eye or you're softening your thing. Because if we score one of those, maybe we deserved one. Our, our XG was was better than theirs. Maybe you'd feel a little bit different. But I, I here's, here's one more other note before I throw it over to our resident number nine, Charlie Davies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brian White, our number nine up top, he didn't touch the ball in the attacking third until the 29th minute. And, and I find mm-hmm. this to be a problem for our, our senior team as well. When the full team is together we have trouble finding our number nine. And, and that seems like it's been pretty systematic since Greg Berhalter's been in charge. Now, there are games when we played against Ghana, a, a very depleted, not motivated Ghana team, but we were up for it, where there was like, let's get Balogun the ball as much as possible. And there was a real urgency to get him the ball. And he, uh, and I remember he had a shot like 60 seconds in. I'm like, good, that's the intent that we should have to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. We went on to win 4-0. But, but Brian White not touching the ball in the attacking third till the 29th minute is a choice <laughs> and not a choice that I necessarily care for. Chuck, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a tough game for Brian White in, you know, I, there were some, some start with the yeah, service. I mean, uh, like yeah, we could start with the, we could definitely start with the service. I mean, this, we talked about the outside backs getting high, both Dewan Jones and Shaq Moore, they could get to the, the spot, but the, the ball was never coming in. No matter how good your run was, you could you could make the best run in history. It's not coming to you. So I I understand that part of it, but that's not the whole game, right? That, that's part of the game. That's one way to get service. There are other ways, and the lack I think of of intention from the midfielders to play balls in behind because Brian White was making good runs. There were a, a few times where his hold up play d- wasn't there. The strength. But I feel if they kept trying to find him in between the lines or in behind the back line to stretch out the, the opponent when the time was there, because like you said, they're in a mid to low block at times. But if if, if you had someone who was just pushing, pushing, trying to to, to stretch the, the center backs a little bit, there would have been more space underneath for Diego Luna, for, for um, Tillman, Atencio. And Kamungo's game is not coming inside. That's not his game at all. His game is getting in behind, mm-hmm. Sim- similar to Timothy Weah. Get in behind, stretch the back line. You, you know, get the the left back one v one, similar to what Esmir Bayraktarovic did. Because Esmir is not a player known for for pace. That's for for damn sure. He's not a winger. 
but he was effective because he was he had the confidence to take his players 1v1. I love that. He came in and said, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to create on my own. I don't care. I'm going to play without fear. I'm going to play without consequence. I'm just going to go out and do my thing. And, and it worked. He shined. Diego Luna, uh, he showed a lot of hype, a lot of potential. But again, the end product wasn't there. And, and Brian White, I just felt like you didn't you didn't see anything. There wasn't a glimpse of, oh, we there's that's why he got called in. And and it was a, it was a, just a tough outing for for Brian White. He had a, a game low, 17 touches in the game. There was that moment, though, where there was a nice interplay in midfield between Diego Luna. He gets the ball back from Tillman and he. Luna lays a nice pass into Brian White's path. That's the 29th minute. That whole sequence happens. And Brian White does a really good job of getting the ball across the goal. And Kamungo has a, a, one of our best chances of the game that the goalkeeper ultimately saves. Comes back to Atencio yeah. and it gets blocked. And, and, and But it was a sign of, okay, here, we, we do have a little bit of something here. We, we can create and break down a low block. We can pull players out of positions, Jesse, and, and then make that final pass that puts us in a good position to score a goal. So we saw some glimpses of it from certain players I did see from Kamungo as well, when he got isolated 1v1, this was late in the first half, he did take a couple people on, got by him on the end line, very similar to Bayrak Tarovic in, in the second half, and that led to some chances where you, you could kind of see these oh crap moments for Slovenia, how are we going to get out of this, and they had some heroic defending to get out of some, some of the situations, but uh, your thoughts overall on our, 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 our top three. Final ball wasn't there. Yeah, wasn't. yeah I mean, listen, there, there, are, there are two ways to get your attacking players into the game. Okay. One is yes, that you have good combination play and that there's, there's a lot of little connections and, and clever combinations and some creativity and then some good dynamic movement on the back line. And sometimes it's crosses or the ability to play a final ball and maybe a a flat ball across the box and and a, an attacker running through. And so that's in possession and in buildup play, but the real way to get your attacking players into the match is to win balls to be aggressive against the opponent, to play balls forward once you win them, and to get yourself out on the counter. And yeah, okay, after 1-0, Slovenia sat back, and so it's not so easy. But before that, there was plenty of time where if we were aggressive, if we could win more balls, if we were more organized and and dynamic in the way that we went after the opponent and pressed and sprinted and ran, then we could have seen more players get into the attack and get on the rung and Kamungo and, and these types of players. And let's let's use Charlie. Let's use Charlie as an example. Charlie is a, an average to good player in build-up phase, right? And he can he can do the things that you need to do to get himself into the match. But <laughs> Charlie taking a Charlie right? <laughs> is deadly. Charlie was deadly in transition, yeah. right? And that's where he wanted to be. He wanted to be on the run. And most of our attackers and our and our team in general are like this. They're dynamic players that you want to get into the game and they want to be on the run and on the move and creating three V2s and big chances. And this is how the games are, are played in this day and age as well, by the way. So, you know, yeah, again, I, of course, I, I think that could have Di- Diego Luna started to after, after it was 1-0 to get himself into the game more. Yeah. Could have Kamungo. Maybe he makes the mistake and now he's nervous, but but we're not really accessing the ability for Kamungo to be an effective player at that level. Can, can we get T-shirts right? made? And Brian that, White the same. Can we get T-shirts made that say average to good and build up play? <laughs> yeah, sure. I I'll take that, that all day. Sure. That's, and by the way, I think that, Charlie, I think that's pretty generous too. I think I'm being Yeah, kind, yeah, you know? I'll, I'll take. But he was thing? world-class. He was world-class in transition, really, right? And I, that's. I, I think. Yes, that's what we have. Like we have players like this. No, but for a striker, right? It, it, unless you're R9 or Thierry Henry, 
you're, you're not going to be world-class in every phase of the game as a striker, but you have to have some foundation in terms of hold-up play and, and being able to be a part of the build-up to set up everything else. And so for me, that was the biggest learning curve I had as a young American kid with all this potential and speed going over to Europe and my coach going, you're nowhere near, you're way off in terms of, uh, way off the pace in terms of hold up play. As a striker, you need to be strong. You need to keep the ball. You need to show and check to to create that space in behind. Because if you're not checking, then the center backs, they're going to sit back and say, okay, beat us over the top because our keeper is ready for the long ball. We're, we're going to anticipate the long ball. We'll allow you all the space you want because we know you're not going to check for the ball. So you have to develop that hold-up play so that when a center back comes and they try and knock you to, to have make you force you into a bad touch and you stay strong, they go, oh, damn, I got to come a little bit harder. And, and now they think that you're going to be part of the build-up play because if you're not creating space for yourself, you're creating space for dangerous wingers. And in, in my case, when I was playing with Landon and, and Clint, more so Landon running in behind, I was creating space for him or Josie because we were playing in the one-two system. So Josie wasn't always the striker who had to we had to rely on for holdup play. So in in going to Sweden, I started to strengthen that part of the game. And then when I made the transition with the U.S. Men's National Team and I started playing and I moved to France, I really understood how to be successful in those moments. Now, I'm not doing it the whole game, and I'm not going to be relied on to, to just be a big, strong, tall center back and, and sit there at the you know top of the top in the midfield and, and just play it into my chest and I'm going to hold it. But you have to be able to do it. And when you do it successfully, that sets up everything else behind me. Average to good. That's all I heard, Charlie. I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> okay, listen, let's let's do this to to give some ratings to, to finish off the show. And because we have Coach Jesse Marsh with us, I'm going to lead into the coaching education that exists all over the world. And there's four moments in the game, for those that don't know. There's what you do with the ball, there's what you do without the ball, and there's what you do in the transitions, attacking transition and defensive transition. So out of 10, we're going to go with just what, what we did with the ball, Jesse Marsh, out of 10. What would you give our rating today? How good was the U.S. men's national team against Slovenia in our 1-0 loss without the ball? Or with the ball, excuse me. With the ball, if, if you were to just talk, talk about passing around, we were okay. If you were talking about passing with intent to, to be dynamic and create chances. Not till the end. A two. A two. <laughs> oh yeah. And then the last, 50, the last 15 minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe a five, right? But... Yeah, not good. Wow, man, coming in Oof. hot. I'm sweating take over it, here. I'm not even a player anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm just ready for Jesse to tell me I was average to good in pretty much everything in my life. Uh, no, that you were, you're probably getting lower. You probably get lower. Massive compliment for you, Jimmy. My commitment was world class. I was co I was world class in the tangibles <laughs> and running my mouth. Okay, okay, Chuck, are you in agreement? Where Where are you with the ball well, out of ten? You were bad to average. Um, <laughs> with, with, with the ball. <laughs> With the ball, uh, I'll, I'll give it a six. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm in the six range. And, I think. I think the last and, fifteen and, minutes, actually, the last five minutes, ten minutes of that first the, half, there was some some good moments too. Go the ahead. only reason it's as high as a six is because we had the moments to get in behind, and just the final ball was was poor. But other than that, we had moments where oh, it was like boom, 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 in behind, and then. The final ball is like right to the first defender, you know, or yeah. to the keeper. That that that's a nice segue. We'll get into attacking transitions. So when we mm -hmm. just won the ball, Jesse, what are you giving us out of ten? What what do you 
There, we had a couple interplays. I mean, we didn't win that. The, the problem was we didn't win many balls in the midfield. Like, it's hard to remember one time where one of the central three midfielders win a ball and play forward and we get out on the transition. The one action that you talk about is the one that we got Dewan Jones down on the left wing in the first right. half, and then he mishit the cross long. So that, like, if we had more actions like that, like, this is what I'm talking about, about getting our players like out on the run and and now being they can be creative this way and 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 still connected. So, you know, that action was really good and obviously the final ball is not good enough, but we should have seen a a match that had 10 of those moments, I agree with you. Right? I was frustrated. And f- at least 3 or 4 that led to big chances. I was really frustrated in our attacking transition. It with the the I almost wanted Slovenia when we went down a goal, we needed to draw Slovenia out, right? So you want to kind of bait them in and then when we do win it, then it's boom, 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 and we're through. Uh, very similar to what we saw in that particular play with Dewan Jones. But but I was pretty disappointed in our attacking transitions today. I would say probably a three or four out of ten. How about you, Chuck? Yeah, too many touches. And what it comes down to is too many touches, too Well, that slow. slows, it, slows it down. Yeah, and, right. And therefore, Slovenia was able to always recover. How many times did we see them facing their own goal, running back? Not not often. And, and the times that they did, the, yeah. the very few – it was a really uh, poor cross. So, so, yeah, transition moments, the, the um, urgency to, to score. I, I didn't see that. I didn't feel it. You know, when you're watching the game, you're like, oh, until the last, what, seven minutes maybe? Yes. With, with Esmir Bayraktarevich, he comes in. He's like, I'm going. I want to score. I want to score. I want to make the difference. And you could see it because he was mm-hmm. going at players. In the first half, how many 1v1s did we see? How, how many? Just a handful. Maybe yeah. maybe two. Yeah, Kamungo had a couple um, so like was, almost back to back. I would say how many sequences, how many sequences of three passes did we see in the final third, even more importantly than one v ones? Just like mm-hmm. some sort of connection of of ways to to unbalance the opponent, right? Like yeah. that's that's I love that's that you brought that up, awesome. Jesse, because there's something about making another team suffer. And I don't know if we made Slovenia suffer over an extended period of time. Sure, they were under some pressure there at the end when they were holding on for the for the lead, but... No, there was no suffering. No suffering, right? They're like they're moving them side to side <laughs> and really poking and prodding to try to play like 2010 Spain or Barcelona. Uh, okay, let's talk yeah. about defensive transitions then, Jesse. I don't feel like outside of the goal, I felt like we did okay. There was some good... I saw some good moments from Morris and Atencio in this area of the field where they recognized some danger and cut some things out. But overall, I don't know if Slovenia tested us too much in defensive transition. Your thoughts? Well, the goal, right? Yeah, so that obviously was bad. not good. Yeah, that's like a minus. Dewan Jones had <laughs> right right after the goal, he had a moment where we lost the ball in the midfield again, and he made up the ground to cover on on the our on our left side to make sure that the the Slovenian player didn't get a shot off. Um, they didn't. They weren't. They're not a team equ- equipped with a ton of pace to threaten us in these moments, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like we we had too much to deal with. Um, but yeah, I mean that part was you know obviously the goal comes from that, but not not terrible. So maybe okay, a five. Okay, a five. All right. And then with without the ball, Chuck, I'll come to you on this one in, in particular. Without the ball, how do you think we moved? Uh, and and I want to jump in after you. So go ahead. Without the ball. Save for that last ten minutes or so, five. You know what pissed me off, and I I want to get your guys' thoughts because I don't know if you saw the same thing. I just thought we dropped way too deep. All of a sudden, Slovenia would get a little bit of possession, and we just like, okay, come on back. What this? I was, Brian White's like forty yards away from our goal. I'm like, why are we playing so deep? I mean, to your point, yes, Slovenia's got some players in there, in there. You can see that they they make good decisions under pressure, and they can hold the ball up a little bit. But that doesn't mean we have to all drop everybody back behind the ball. I was really disappointed in that, where I thought we could have 
And that would have helped in our transition, attacking transition in particular. So I don't know if anybody else saw that, but I was yelling at the screen, like, why are we dropping so deep? Which then now ties it or connects the dot that Miles Robinson maybe isn't opening his mouth and leading because if he was, he'd be pushing people off of his lap to make sure our spacing's right. Or maybe I'm getting into the weeds. I don't even know. No, but or or Patrick Schulte is a goalkeeper because you see the whole field. That's when you can afford to take those risks and say, okay, push, push. You know, we, we have everybody in position. They don't have pace to threaten. We can take those risks yes, in certain yes. parts of the field. And you got players that, that are good in defending 1v1, right? We have players that can do that. So that allows you to take more of a risk and, and to lean into some of our athleticism, as Jesse was talking about earlier. But go ahead, Jesse. It, it, it looked like they wanted Tillman to come up to help press with Brian White as part of the two against the back four, right? But he was often too late. No, and and no one was really a good indicator as like, okay, now we're going to attack mm-hmm. them. Now we're going to sprint at them and now we're going to go. And what they would do is just pass from one center back to the other. That center back would take a couple steps in and he would overplay our, our outside midfielder and they'd be past our front five with like two passes. Yeah, in, I didn't like our five team seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then this all played together. Like how you say there's, when you say there's four phases of the game, of course there are, but the key is that you're arranged in a way so all the phases fit together clearly, and so it's more like one phase, right? So even even with if you're going to say defensive transition, when I was saying when we have the ball, we're so spread out. So it means if we lose it in the middle of the field, we can't counterpress and win it back, and that's how they scored their goal. That's how they were able to create some dangerous moments against us. But again, all these things all fit together, and too often it looked like, okay, now we're in build-up phase. Now we're in defensive phase. Oh, now we're in defensive transition phase and not like a team that understood how all the pieces fit together. Yeah, it didn't flow very well. And that's disappointing. That's probably one of my big takeaways. All right, let's get into final thoughts. And, and what I want from all of us in our last thought is, is there one player that you think could fit in to our full team or our senior team based on what you saw today? Or, or just maybe, and I guess that might be too big of a stretch, but is there a player that you want to see more of that you do think has the potential to break in at some point? And Charlie, I'll come to you first. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only one player that showed the possible potential to play in this this first team because the first team to this team, the drop off of course, of is course. is we knew that going in though. We knew that going in. And yeah. the opponent, by the way, and the opponent. Yes. Right. That's so, taken into so consideration for sure. I think the only person is Diego Luna. Outside of Miles Robinson, who already obviously plays uh, part uh, with the first team. Yeah, yeah. So Diego Luna, and then I think Esmir has to be on the Olympic team, right? I think he's shown enough that he's for sure got to be on that under-23 team. Yeah, he's got something. If you brought him off the bench, clearly bringing him off the bench today changed the outlook of of our chances and kind of our intent. And I think it inspired others. I thought Caleb Wiley was – actually, we hadn't brought him up yet, but I, I liked his energy when he came on, found himself in good spots. And was trying to get in front of goal to make it happen. Uh, so so I think the future is very bright. But yeah, they're going to have to baby step their way. And maybe the Olympics um, is, a good, is a good place to make that happen. Jesse, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go with the Wisconsin kid. Ashmir Bayraktarovic, right? So I thought, again, I, for me, when you look at young players, obviously you're looking for their players as, or their qualities as players. And what can they bring to the level? But so much of it has to do with personality. Like I remember the first days I saw Tyler Adams, right? And he was 15. And I was like, this kid's going to be a great player and going to be on the national team for years. And it wasn't that he was the most technical player on the field, the biggest player the 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 strongest the 
it was that he was fearless and he believed that he belonged there and he believed that he could make a difference. So Ashmere comes into the game for me and right away makes an impact. Right. And the other one for me was uh, Jack McGlynn. I thought Jack McGlynn came in the game. He got on the ball. He looked to play balls forward. The slicing ball he played through the through the the middle that almost caught. Uh, yeah, Diego, Diego sure Luna was, was almost there. On, Diego Luna yeah, sliding yeah, through yeah. on that play. I mean, that was a great pass. Yeah. And Does he so, remind you a little bit about uh, of Sasha question? Yeah, he does. Uh, You know, he's obviously he likes to get on his left foot and he likes to kind of move around in the midfield and find some of these clever little passes. But he's he's a little bit deeper than than what what Sasha was uh, most of his career. But for sure, I think. um, Yeah, I see some similarities. He has has some real potential. Yeah, he's not the most athletic guy, but still he fits in the game in a good way. And, And I thought. Yeah. He, him and Azmir came in and they made an immediate impact for me. Those two were the mm-hmm. biggest reason why the game changed. Yeah, I like those two. Those are good shouts. I'm going to go Diego Luna as well. I'm not surprised at anybody there. I've been on his coattails for a long time. I think he's super talented. And I think if he had, I wonder what it would look like if he had a Pulisic uh, on one side of him and, and Balogun in front of him and Team Aware, what he could unlock for us. Maybe nothing. I mean, that's obviously part of the risk, but I'd like to see a little bit more of him. And I wonder how he'd elevate his game if he got to play with the first team. I guess we'll have to wait and see in the very near future. All right, everybody, that is it for Call What You Want. We appreciate you hanging out with us for this very special podcast. We'll be coming back at you later this week. We'll be talking Americans Abroad and all the other good stuff that we usually do. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome. You get two special podcasts from us in the same week. So on behalf of me and Jesse and Charlie, we want to thank everybody behind the scenes for, for making a sound and look better than we deserve to be. And for everybody listening and watching, we appreciate you as well. We'll see you soon. Hey!